with our kids, we have them and we, we look back and they are growing up. They're not stagnant. Like there's new seasons, new changes, just so many transitions. And it's like, now, how do I parent them? How do I parent them in this stage? And how do I parent them in this stage? That's the beauty of it. Like we can just be good enough for each season and give them what we got and just learn and grow with them. This is everything. Left hands with the heavy reins. I ain't scared of the marriage thing. I ain't scared of the marriage thing. Had to say it twice on a mind. Welcome to the More Excellent Way podcast with Dr. James and Nicola Hawkins. Here, we seek to inspire and equip couples and families to go about their relationship with God and each other in, in a, a more, more excellent, excellent way. Yep, you're right, Nicola. Our kids are not stagnant. There's always things going on in their lives. They have their emotional um, ups and downs, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to put it off on the kids because we as parents, we're not emotionally stagnant either. Right. So what happens when parents are having their emotional ups and downs and kids are having their emotional ebbs and flows? And then, but we, we still have to be able to, as parents, we need to be the stronger, wiser other I know, to be man. able to come into their world and help them right, um, right. navigate that emotional space at times, right? True. That can get tricky too, you know? Yeah. So today you might hear something a little bit different today on the More Excellent Way podcast. Maybe some sniffles. You might hear some sniffles because we actually have our kids in studio with us. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. (laughs) Carrie, do you want to say something on the microphone? Daddy probably didn't handle a moment so well before the podcast. So she's a little bit upset even right now. My baby was ready to shine and she was shining real bright. We had to just turn turn down the, the light. Dead, dead. No, no. <laughs> hey, we have uh, Destiny over here with us. Destiny, you want to say hello? Hi. <laughs> Yay. All right. So, yeah, Nicola, we want to talk about that. So, it, there are these times when it's like parents have their ups and downs, their emotional highs and lows. So, what does it mean? Do we as parents always have to get it right and be in this perfect attunement with our kids? When we have moments when we're in one emotional place and they're in another emotional place, mm-hmm. does that mean mm-hmm. something bad's going to come out of that? Right. Do we always have to perfectly be able to get it right? I don't think so. Right. But it feels like that, though. Like when mm-hmm. they're in distress, and you're like, ah, I want to kind of help you. Or sometimes when they're in distress and their distress kind of hit on your anxious feeling or whatever, or you don't know how to fix it or make it better or you know, just being able to be there, you know, I'm not sure exactly how or what exactly. to do to make it better. Because to be honest, when someone is in pain, you're like, I want to make the pain go away. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think what I'm kind of learning is not that I have to make it go away. That I like that. So every time our kids have rough moments, they're sad, they're disappointed, they're upset with us, they're in anger, whatever. Mm-hmm. The parent's job is not to bring them back to a state of like, Always it has to be back to happiness. This equilibrium, this balance, this happy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So what we want to talk a little bit, I remember reading a researcher one time and he was looking at all this research about uh-huh. what makes parents successful. How do you raise well, adjusted, emotionally adjusted emo- children, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. In the research, it was always like this concept of putting this burden on moms. Like you've got to do this right. You got to oh, do this yeah. right, do this right. And if you don't get this right, then somehow your kids will not be emotionally well adjusted. Right. Uh, and so what parents then took at that place was like, wow, I've got to be so on point because this one thing could go wrong or I could do this and it's going to scar him for life. Right. And he began to play with this term of really, I think he called it like the good enough mom, but are like, 
It's really the good enough parent. Really? What, he came mm-hmm. what does it mean mm-hmm. to really be the good enough parent? Okay. And so a modern researcher named Ed Tronic, he came up with, he put like numbers almost since to this good enough parent. What's the numbers? Here we go. Let's break it down. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> so really in a, a healthy, like just a connected relationship between child and parent, where it leads to the child kind of having what we call like the secure attachment style. Mm-hmm. That really, that family are only really attuned to each other. Are you ready for the number? Give it to the peoples. They really are able to do that probably, they would say, 30 to 33% of the time. Mm-hmm. And that number kind of represents in a sense of throughout your day when you, you have these moments with your kids, you only really have to be able to respond like in a way where you're attuned 30 to 33% of the time for the kid to feel like that parenting relationship is safe, secure, and connected. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's happening with Drink the, that in. Right? <laughs> I think Nicola, slow that Experience the freedom in that because I definitely thought I had to like hit it like 99.3% of the time. And what does that know? do to you when you feel like as a mom, I've got to get it right? I mean- 99.3% of the time. Right. I mean, you hold all these- fears it's almost like you're like i have to fix this thing in you because if i leave it right here right now when you're 50 (laughs) when you're this age you won't be this good balanced citizen or whatever you know but in fact that wasn't a healthy drive or just a sense of feeling flustered like i can't i can't do it well you know some moms go to the place of well maybe they'll be better off having a different parent, you know, a different mom or some other mom will do better than I could do. And we start looking around and we start demeaning what's inside of us from the very beginning that we can connect with our child. And we forget that, you know, those moments where we held them close or we're instinctively almost doing these things, but we get like frazzled and like the rug is pulled from underneath us when they're in the distress. And then we feel like we need to perform or do these things. Or sometimes we carry the load of others on our back to even connect and parent with our child, you know? So I don't know. It's just one of those things you got to find your space and and grow through and grow to. So I I like that, Nicole. So that was the 30, the 30, the 30 Mm percent. And what he found in his research that even in these relationships that they spend about 33 percent of the time in what we call disruption, where the parent and the child are not on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) And so and so it's like whether it's maybe the parents stressed because of work, maybe they're ill. It could be just me this this weekend. There we go. (laughs) Trying to get my paper down. I'm like, okay, everybody just stop. But they don't stop when you're in distress or stressors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what he found, actually, the, the what I would say kind of like the thing that really made this relationship secure and made it work well, though, is not just how much you're attuned or how many times you're able to respond well or good enough responding. Mm-hmm. It's that these parents were also able to repair that when there was a disconnection that the parent could step back into that space and help repair. And that doesn't mean that repair isn't like I make you happy. I give you what you want. There's a repair made. It's kind of like I can even come into that place where you maybe feel upset. You feel disappointed. You're angry. You feel like things are unfair, unjust. Right. Um, Just kind of going in and saying, okay, like I see you, I hear you and I'm near you. I'm with you in it. I think recently, whenever we've kind of had an upset, one of the sister might have triggered another. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, you created that. Get close to it. 
see them, hear them, and, you know, just being close, fostering that sense of connection. That's good. That's good. So so just catch once again, 30% of the time where you're actually in this place of attunement, where it's like, and when I say attunement, that sense of. What, the, the feel gen- good stuff. Some, some of the, the good, but it's like yeah. we're kind of in the same emotional proximate place. And it's not always right. happy stuff. Like we're happy yeah. 33% right. of the time. Yeah. Then, but yeah, it is also like, sometimes it's like when our kids are sad, that in the 33, it's I can come into your sadness. Or even when you're frustrated, I can identify with your frustration and you can see that I'm on the same place with you and we can, we're in the same place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then there's disruption. The 33 disruption. And so actually mm-hmm. what we find, and I liked how one of my mentors, he really says this, is kids actually to have good relationships and learn how to deal with their emotions, they actually need disruption sometimes. Think, so it is okay that. for your kids to get upset with you. It's like what, the guy, when he's talking about good enough parenting, one of the things we see in that is if I always try and keep my kid from having any emotional discomfort, I actually end up setting them up for failure Yeah. because then they don't get the experience of, yes, things were good, but there was times when things went a little bit off and we missed each other, but we can always get it back we and know we can how to fix get it, it in relationship. Wow. Yeah. That yeah. that actually sets them up. So then this kid is like, everything has just been kind of like this perfectly clean slate. There's never been any problems. So they don't know how to work through distress in relationship. Mm-hmm. Man, that right there gets me. <laughs> what is it about that? They get you. I think before, so our girls have a good age gap with the first set was like constantly working fast to create the sense of peace and order in their union or with, with me or whatever. And I think in my efforts of doing that though, I didn't do the job of um, taking the responsibility to say, I see you well, I didn't do that very well, or that I hear you, that I understood you. It was just kind of like facts and facts. Now zip the crying and like move forward. And just to be able to, like I said, there's that gap. So to be able to look at my younger set and try and grow through it and say, okay, you're, feelings and emotions are right that you're in distress no you're still not going to get the candy but i see you and i know you want it but you can get it later you know what i mean just being able to even feed them words to what they're feeling what they're wanting what they're hoping for how they're not getting those hope met but yet mom can be near to you that's it i think that's the biggest part when i've seen you know with other people that i've seen working with kids and counseling or whatever the thing i see the most in that is when Kids just want to feel sometimes it's like, do you at least understand? Have you hurt me? Can mm-hmm. you identify with one? And I think we even see that it with our own kids, difference. right? Yeah. And so I even want to, like, we have destiny that's here with us and I just wanted destiny and we'll see how she does with this, but I want you to be able to share destiny times when mom and dad, when maybe you've been having a rough day and maybe mom and dad were able to come and be with you in that place. Ways we've helped kind of help you through difficult moments and times. The times that you've been helping me in difficult times is when you let me calm down first before you come and talk to me. And those are the most times when you can help me. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when we allow you to have some emotional space to actually have your feeling. Because I'll be honest, like sometimes I do want to rescue. I think, I I mean, I did that tonight. (laughs) I I see you in pain and distress. And when I see my daughter in pain and distress, what do I want to do as a father? I want to rescue her from it. I want to make it right. But then I I do rob her of a process. She does deserve to have that place at times. The biggest thing I think I try to say to our girls is don't shut people out. You need time, but also don't shut people out. 
I guess the biggest thing I get scared of is when they want, it feels like they want to disconnect from us in a certain way. Mm. What so what does that bring up in you if you seem, seem like they're wanting to disconnect? Maybe it's kind of for where I felt like as a little kid, I wanted to go away and deal with my pain alone because I was too ashamed mm. to invite people to be with mm-hmm. me. And I don't want them to feel like they have to be ashamed of their negative emotions or their experiences. Mm. Um, but that it's okay to let me see them in pain. Right. Right. And can still feel connected. You've heard us talk about this before on the podcast, that really the place where we feel the most deepest love and connection is when we can be in our pain and in our vulnerability and we can let people see us there and we can reach for other people and ask for our needs to be met right? in the midst of our pain and vulnerability. So being a hot mess and then be like, but I need y'all. And then someone come into the hot mess with you. Yeah, that's good. So anything else with that, with that destiny? Like, so when you're feeling sad or frustration, you're wanting to just take a moment, feel what you're feeling, but do you want to, do you just want to stay there or do you want any kind of change or anything different from that space? Um, I want some time and then sometimes I would want you to come. Sometimes you'd want us to come. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so when we come, do you want us to talk over what happened or just come sit with you or what? Um, come talk and sit. Okay. That's good. I think sometimes I do, I do miss that though. You have times maybe like, okay, I know she needs quiet, but then sometimes I even forget to follow up. (laughs) You know what I mean? I guess like maybe dropping you in that space, huh? Like mom didn't come, you know, and I needed her to come this time. I think what I'm even seeing as y'all share that space, like, yes, we have five girls, but they each kind of have a different emotional tempo and way that you have to engage each one. And we all as people have that place. We all do. Lord have mercy. And I think also with us as parents, we need to recognize our own, like in our emotional space, what do we do? With Destiny, you just got to hear for her. She really needs us to slow things down and let her have time to process and so how does that trigger you for as a parent when you have a kid that maybe is in that place where they kind of need to bring things down before they can kind of come back out and share? Does that distress you? Does that make you nervous? Do you get scared of things? Yeah. But then we have some kids that they, they are going to more emotionally escalate and take it up. And what they need is they actually need us to be willing to be able to come to that place with them a little bit. Not that we completely in a way like get dysregulated, but they need us to like, in a sense, like meet them where they are, even if it is up there. Right. Are you a parent that like, you always want to bring everything down. So when your kid goes up, you want to pull away that leaves them feeling alone and in distress. Right. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. can you kind of like, almost like validate, like I get it. You feel like it's unfair, like you're not being treated right. And so you're upset about that. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. You know, I have one that it's, on the tail end of the the kids and oh I have one on both ends actually actually and I used to want with my first I used to just want to bring her to like go ahead and be quiet already go ahead and slow it down go ahead and you know and and on this end of it just being able to to say yeah that was frustrating right and you really wanted to do this and honestly the difference is sometimes with the first is it was like it dragged out that much further. Why? She wasn't being heard. She was still hurting. I wasn't giving her what she needed to feel that sense of the healing journey beginning. And with my second, within the second group, the one that I say she goes from zero to a hundred in a hot second, you know, if I can at least try and get up to that hundred, meet her there 
we go back down to zero pretty easily, fairly decently. And then she can transition and move move out of that space a lot faster. And so it's it's just amazing to get to know really and paying attention to their temperaments and what they're really asking for. Like their behavior indicates something else is going on. So just being able to go back to that place of connection and being a good enough parent in a sense of like, let me attempt to connect with you and where, you know, where you're at, where, you know, what's going on in your world. And so I, as, even as we get ready to move towards closing this out, I think the other part I want to make sure I bring into this to think about, like, maybe you're saying I'm not a parent, but I'm listening to this podcast and I'm learning from it. But I think the other part is to think about what I meet for so many people is, is when you were in your family, kind of what, what was like the maybe spoken or unspoken rules about emotion and when you were in your feelings mm-hmm. or if you felt distressed, who could you go to and what would they do to make you feel like you were being heard? Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah. not always like that. I know it's like, this is the counselor talking about my parents, but it's not. But we learn at a very early age what to do with we're our inner patterns. world. Yeah, exactly. And so even for you and your family, like, was it like kind of in our family, I was allowed to bring myself forward and share where I was and what I felt. And that doesn't in any mean like mean this like disrespectful, this kind of thing. But it's like. Yeah, I could go talk to my parents about when I was feeling down or if I felt hurt or if I was struggling and I had to approach them, whether it was with respect or whatever, but they were able to walk me through it. So I felt like I could bring it through and they could guide me through it. They right. were that stronger, wise other to help guide me through. Or I wasn't really allowed to do it or I was shamed in it or I was you know, told to go away with it or the only emotion that in our family we were able to express was anger. We couldn't do sadness. We didn't really do joy because I guarantee for the most part, sometimes we carry those same patterns over into adulthood. Adulthood or all the relationships or close relationships. Yeah. So we're going to go into our time of talking about our excellent points from today's talk, Nicola. (laughs) So... So I get, I think the big excellent point for just listening to today, what does really good enough parenting mean? Good enough parenting, I would say it looks like, now this is the hard one. It's how does God show up for you and your pain, right? Mm-hmm. Is he's able mm-hmm. to come into it and attune to you and be with you. Now, here's the hard part. I'm not asking you to be perfect. God is perfect in how he does that and when he does that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean, but I think it's like, once again, it's like what we find is you don't always have to do it perfectly. Right. But the key to today we talked about is not always getting it right, right exactly in the moment. Mm-hmm. But it is about even when I do miss it, can I go back to my kids and can we make repair? Right. That's good. Right. And we'll have to do another podcast on all what that looks like. Right. Too. <laughs> I don't know. Did you have something to call you want to add to give us an excellent point? Yeah. It's just that sense of I always want to say keep growing, keep learning. And it's OK If you've done it one way, you feel like you've missed your kids, it's always, again, they'll transition. They can hear you attempting to just, you know, connect back with them. And it may, it may feel a little bit stiff, you know, in the tension as you're trying to come back and correct, course correct some things, but lean into the tension and knowing that, Hey, we're growing. Can we grow together? Can we have misses together? But can we move back towards each other? You know, can we just work towards connecting? Yeah, we think y'all once again, we just hope that this podcast really, though, has been something just to make you as parents just to be able to feel and think about like, you're right. You have your highs and lows. Kids have their highs and lows. And no parent is going to ever always be perfectly attuned to the emotional world of their children. And that actually disruption can be a healthy thing. 
And what makes it healthy is when you're able to move to a place of making repair with your kids. And so we, once again, we hope this podcast has, you know, inspired you and equipped you to go about your relationship with God. And in this case, your children in a more excellent way. Thank you so much. We hope that you have been inspired and equipped to go about your relationship with God and others in a more excellent way. Please subscribe to our podcast and rate us on iTunes. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at A More Excel Way. And check out our website at A More Excellent Way Relationship.com. Visit KLRC.com to learn more about the More Excellent Way.